Hey everyone, it's a new week and we have another episode of Find Your Film. I'm going to get the intro right one of these days. This is Find Your Film, episode 131. And how dare Bruce Porky and Eric Holmes just actually impersonate me during their conversation with Jack Fitzpatrick during the, during the weekend YouTube video. Can you guys talk about it? Eric Holmes, did you do some kind of impersonation of me with and who is, who is Jack Fitzpatrick? Not Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, who is he? What did you guys do with you and Bruce over the weekend? I'm before we recorded this on Find Your Film, what you what you guys do? Well, uh, he's on Let's Crash This Parade, a C two channel, and a quite good one, I believe. And everyone should watch it. And what was it like? We haven't done a, a Find Your Film game in a while. And Bruce was on, and then we're like we should just find someone. And then we hit up. Uh, it's like I, we've been meaning to have Jack Patrick on the show for a while, anyway. So it's like, well, let's do a let's do a little Find Your Film game. And then, so that's what we did, and it was pretty, pretty fun. And then we got the, we got to play the 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 game went a little short. Um, uh, we did uh, James Mangold, and so, but we got a uh, we got to talk to him a little bit before and a little bit after, and yeah, it was good times. Who's James Mangold, Bruce? Do you know who? I never heard of this guy. Who is this guy? I've I've already forgotten. So <laughs> already forgotten. <laughs> that's, that's the wonder of my my brain and my age is that I can forget and watch the movies all over again, <laughs> like like new. Well, you know, obviously James Mangold is one of Bruce Berkey's favorite directors. I think one of my, I think Bruce Berkey last week, if you remember this, Bruce, you said my favorite Wolverine film, Logan. Was directed by James Mangold. <laughs> I think you said that to me. Did did uh, Bruce say that to me, Eric Holmes? Uh, how Logan is just be- the best thing in the world for Bruce Berkey? I, th- you- I believe so. It certainly wasn't me that said that. I think you said actually, Eric. You said my my favorite, not not mm-hmm. my favorite James Mangold movie. My favorite Tom Cruise movie is a James Mangold fi- film with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz called Night and Day. Is that correct, Eric Holmes? I'm, I don't even think Night- I saw that. Yeah, when we got to that, that, that was the one I had to defer to them. And if I did see it, I just completely forgot it, which uh, speaking of forgetting movies, you've recently saw. <laughs> We're going to talk about a couple of them today. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. One movie I did, I, 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 I remember seeing years ago, and I still remember it very, very vividly and very well, is a Western called 310 to Yuma. It was a remake of the original 310 to Yuma, and the remake was directed by James Mangold, and it stars Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. I hope at the Find Your Film game, I hope... 310 to Yuma was the last movie standing. You guys will listen to that. I'm going to put that podcast feed, that interview with Jack Fitzpatrick. Again, he is the creator behind the YouTube channel, Let's Crash His Parade. A lot of TV movie reviews are up on his channel and just basically different pop culture topics. He also has a Blu-ray and physical, well, basically a physical media collection to die for. It trumps my collection, Eric Holmes' collection, and Bruce Perky's collection, to the nth degree. So check out Jack Fitzpatrick's YouTube channel, Let's Crash This Parade, and figure out on our Find Your Film podcast feed which James Mangold film actually survives the cut and wins the coveted FYF game. It's not the IMDb game. It's the FYF <laughs> game, James Mangold thrown. What, and listeners, tell us what's your favorite James Mangold film as well. So that is that. And Eric, you've been a busy man. You know, me and Bruce, we're old people. We just like to sit in our rocking chairs and watch movies. And then, like Bruce says, he forgets about them. I forget them, about them, too. What have you been doing the last couple of days? Have you been on the mic interviewing people? If so, who? 
Yeah, I've been uh, uh, on the mic, uh, burning the mic, as they say, um, doing some rap battles. And uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm doing <laughs> interviews. And I did an uh, interview with the directors for another movie we're covering today called Our American Family. And they're also producers of uh, Writing with Fire, uh, I Love My Dad, and and Dinner, Dinner in America. Dinner in America, yes. So, yeah, that- uh, I get to... Uh, I get to uh, verbally fillet them, and that was nice. And we had some good discussion about uh, addiction, and uh, even had a uh, interesting Martin Scorsese story at the very end by the uh, publicist Emma. And so that that was uh, that was a nice little bonus. Yeah, it was good stuff. Emma, I am so sorry, Emma, the publicist. If you are listening to this, Greg, Gregor Scissorhands, cut your situation, <laughs> cut your interview out. The whole thing about Martin Scorsese, I just left that. I'm. Bruce, oh, am I a horrible? Never mind. That's not there. That's not there. Bruce, but, am I a judicious editor? Yeah, am I a judicious editor, or am I pretty horrible? When when you listen to the edits on your on your headphones, what do you say? What is Greg cutting out? I couldn't even tell. <laughs> it's like butter, just beautifully Wait, smooth. I, I, yes. Are I'm you cutting. Sure you cut that. Are you I sure cut you it cut out. That out I, because I cut it out, and that's an extra two minutes I just saved on that podcast. By by the way, you can listen even to on our, the even on the the YouTube one because I could have swore I heard heard it on the YouTube one. Oh, you did? You heard it on the YouTube one? I'm pretty sure I did. Okay. I, you're daring me? Okay. I'm going to go back to our YouTube channel. <laughs> we, we have two YouTube channels, Deepest Dream and Cinematics. I'm going to go, fo- folks, after th- I'm recording this, and then we're also going to be recording Cinematics. So this, we do our uh, – Bruce and Eric, they join up with me on Cinematics to do to preview the, re- uh, the first two weeks of every month. But after that, Eric Holmes, I'm going to go to our Deepest Dream YouTube channel, by the way, and I'm going to see if Emma is still on that Our American Family interview because it should only be Eric Holmes, Sean King O'Grady, and Haley Adelman. Those are the two directors of Our American Family, and I'm going to cut Emma out. Yes, Eric Holmes, yes. So hurry up and go to the YouTube channel and uh, watch that interview before Greg Ward's hands gets to it. I'm going to cut away. In fact, this, this podcast, Bruce and Bruce and Eric work really hard every week to put a, as much material as we can on every podcast. I make sure I whittle it down to about 12 minutes. How do you feel about that, Bruce? Uh, it, it should be 12.69 minutes, I think. Yeah. 12.69 minutes. Very, so 13. 13- Point nine minutes. <laughs> I was just converting it to metric, uh, you know. <laughs> well, look, this week, okay, all kidding aside, we have four movies to talk about. We have a movie called Surrogate, which I did not see. Eric and Bruce will actually lead off the segment talking about Surrogate. Then we're going to cover a movie called Burial. It's a werewolf. Is it a werewolf film set in the final days of World War II? Is Hitler in a coffin? What's go- Are there Bolsheviks and Nazis? What's going on here? That's an interesting movie. Who invited them? Obviously, n- none of us. But there's a movie called "Who Invited Them" from Shutter. Comes out September 1st. That's another movie we're covering. And the aforementioned, we're g- we're going to close out our featured reviews with that documentary that Eric was talking about. Our American Family. Bruce has a monster trilogy that he's been clamoring about earlier this week. And then we also have a classic Coen Brothers movie that Eric and Bruce will talk about to round out the show. But first, let's get to a movie. That I did not watch, so I can shut up for about thirty to about a couple of minutes. It's a, I believe, a thriller with Jane Badler. I mean, I remember Jane Badler from from V, that, that uh, miniseries and television series V. It's a movie called Surrogate, 
And I, it comes out on digital September 2nd and even in more digital outlets September 16th. I'm going to throw it to either Bruce and Eric to tell us, tell our dear listeners and including me in the third person, Greg Trusavasti, what the heck is surrogate about? Is it worth watching? Is it worth a VOD purchase? So why don't you guys take the mantle, talk about this movie, introduce this movie to us. All right. So I'm going to need Bruce's help here. <laughs> okay. I got I, I, I was like, uh, this is going to sound really bad and it probably is, but I, I watched it like, I think last week after we recorded and I marked it on the thing that I marked that I watched it. And then, uh, was it was a couple days ago. Greg's like, uh, I, how was Sergey? Should I watch that? And I was like, uh, wait, I don't think I watched that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I, I because I had seen uh, uh, Samaritan. I had seen Samaritan this week. And maybe I thought that my brain was like, oh, I thought it said Samaritan. And I put my name next to it. And uh, then so I went back and watched Surrogate. And I was like, oh, no. Okay, I did watch this. Um, and it's a, uh, a woman, I, I guess uh, she gives birth. And she had no idea she was pregnant. And then she has like uh, some... Uh, some child services lady falling around, and then it, uh, I, I really like the I really like the in shot, but that was yeah. that, that's about all I remember. This I'll, I'll give it a go here. Hang on, <laughs> I'll give this a try. So a woman, uh, a woman's at night. She goes to this gas station, and she sees kind of this. It looks like a maybe a homeless lady, or you know, a just uh, someone that's on the fridge and is outside. She goes inside. She comes back out. The lady's there, and the lady basically um starts is drinking a bunch of like a i don't know like drano or something and she's like oh my god and so she runs over she tries to give her mouth to mouth tries to save her the lady oh, yeah, passes away so then a few days go by um and our main lady has a has a daughter and a few days go by and the main lady starts having like terrible cramps and stuff and she basically wakes up and it looks like she's had a miscarriage and she's like bleeding profusely she goes to the hospital and she's you know, out for a while, they wake her up and then in comes social services and the doctor. And they're like, where's the baby? And she's like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, you have shown all the signs of giving birth and we don't know where the baby is. And we got to make sure the baby's okay. So that's kind of the setup is that she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. This never happened. They're saying, oh yes, you do. And basically now she's in this weird, uh, mindset where she's like what's happening am i going crazy is there does something happen i don't know about and it goes from there the woman in, in question the woman's name is natalie paxton that is the role the actress in the role is kesti morassi and this is written by beth king and david willing and it's the featured directing debut of david willing bruce the premise you mentioned sounds like a roman polanski kind of film and it sounds very interesting. I And I looked on Rotten Tomatoes, got some really good reviews. And I, I believe this is the reason why I was excited to see this movie. I didn't get to watch it. Can you guys talk about if this movie hit the mark? Was it a misfire for both of you? Eric? Um, really, the only thing I remember about this uh, movie is the end shot, um, which we can't really talk about. Um, but as Bruce is talking about it, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, I remember little bit this this movie was incredibly forgettable to me it was like uh, as anderson says in one eye out the other to the point where you asked me about the movie and i thought i didn't see it 
and then I'm watching it again going, oh, yes, I did watch this. Um, you the, watched it again? You had to watch it again? Or do you no, watch I, I, I got like I got like about 15 minutes into it the second time. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I did watch this one. And then, <laughs> yeah, this, this one was, well, oh, fuck, what was that uh, uh, Jeremy Piven movie we watched? Oh, my God. That, yeah, I forgot what that movie this, was. That's this was kind of like that one where like it's it's gone. Like, um, gone. Okay, fair. Um, I the weird thing is, I remember not hating it. Uh, you know, there there was some good stuff, but yeah, it was, it, this did not stick with me like at all. Literally, did not stick with me at all. Bruce, great premise. I like it. I'm, I'm I'd watch. I would watch it. Just be, the way you're describing it. I, I'm assuming maybe you echo Eric's sentiments on surrogate. And if so, what? Where did it not go right? Well, I think that like, I think the premise or the part that I kind of put in front of you is the most interesting part. And the very, very end twist is kind of nice too, uh, which uh, it's not really a twist, but the very end situation that you're shown is kind of cool. But in between all of that, it's very, um, it's one of those movies that just kind of, it, it hits all the marks and it does a lot of things that you've seen done a lot before, you know, it, it, it has sort of this mysterious, you know, she's kind of investigating is it a curse or is there a haunting or is there a possession and there's something going on or something evil happening so she kind of goes up this long investigation it is very ring-like to me but there's a lot of um her going from place to place and it not making a whole lot of sense and it's a lot of tropey stuff happens and there's also elements of sort of the omen, I guess you'd say. There, there's a lot of spooky kid stuff going on in this movie, which I know is not Eric's favorite thing, which is probably partly why he tuned out. <laughs> um, and I can go for the spooky kid thing, but this didn't didn't quite hit the mark for me either. Uh, also, it's one of those movies where it's low budget in India, and that's fine. But the music was really big. Like, the music seemed way bigger than the movie itself. Uh, but... It was pretty underwhelming overall. Interesting concept, interesting ending. Uh, so the bread of the sandwich was pretty tasty, but everything inside of it was not. Oh, no. Eric, this was a forgettable experience for you. So I'm assuming that you're going to levy some kind of very low rating on this movie. But you said you didn't hate it. I don't know. So uh, I'm really – what is your rating on this movie, on Surrogate? Uh, this is probably two stars, maybe. Two, two stars for you? <laughs> The, the, this is you. a this is a hard one to this is hard one to rate because like how, how do you rate something that like it just leaves your mind almost immediately after you watch it um but you know that's it's uh check it out maybe <laughs> if you don't like it uh just wait 10 minutes and you'll forget all about it okay check it out maybe i don't know if that's a ringing endorsement folks if you want to see a movie and you feel like I'd, and pretend that time is suspended and you don't want really feel if you if you want to feel nebulous go see this movie i, I will say this is not a bad movie um it's just not a particularly memorable one it, it doesn't uh kind of like bruce said this is things you've seen you've seen done better many times many many times um and it's it's just another one of these things Bruce, what about you? I think I will also have to go with two stars. I think Ooh, that's a fair rating. That is a they 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 brought they both of them brought down <laughs> Thor's hammer on surrogate. Okay, it's a digital release September second in more digital outlets September sixteenth. Two stars from Bruce and Eric. You know what? I may I may actually watch this movie. I would like to see if I'm going to give this one two stars as well. Maybe I'll give it a shot. 
And yeah, tell us what you think of Surrogate if you guys ever come around to watching it. Hey there, classmates. Tune in to Middle Class Film Class every Monday and Wednesday for weekly movie news, streaming picks, and one deep dive review. The Batman trailer. There was a teaser. There was a trailer. Trailer one, trailer two. Final trailer. I don't know if it's the same one. How many trailers do we need exactly? Leave an email or a voicemail to join in the discussion. Bullshit artist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, buddy. All right. Awesome. You're going full Danzig. Right. I am. My my trans you have no power over me. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, I just decided to pull an audible because I really want to talk about this movie. It premieres Thursday, September 1st on Shudder. This was at the behest of Bruce Porky. He want, you know, Bruce, he likes to add some extra films during the week. And then I think it just increases my own level of anxiety and tension. That's I exactly know. why I do it. Just to, <laughs> Thank just you, to Bruce. turn Thank the you. screws on, Craig. Every single week I say, Bruce, mm-hmm. Eric, you know, we do, we've been doing this podcast. We can coast. Let's just do half a movie and let's just, <laughs> like, let's just do half a movie. And then just Eric like, just did half a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. But, uh, but, you know what? I'm going to do the comedy film, right? Dun, dun, dun. But, uh, <laughs> Very good, Bruce. Look, look, I who invited them? And I was wondering, oh no, Bruce, you threw another movie <laughs> at me. And look, this is an interesting film. It's set in the Hollywood Hills. Loving couple. There are parents to, I guess, a kid who's maybe around six or seven. Their name is Adam and Margot. They seem really nice. Adam is played by Ryan Hansen. Adam is a very successful, I guess, businessman, entrepreneur. He makes some good money. And Margot is a former, sort of an, a former alt rocker who is now a mom as well. She's a mom and she's just, um, they're a different, they're at a different stage in their life. But for some reason, Adam wanted to buy this wonderful house, I guess mid-century modern house over in, over up in the Hollywood Hills. So they, so Adam wants to show that he's a very hip guy and they're still a hip couple. He, he actually has a really interesting dinner party where he tells people, don't touch the vinyl. Do not touch the vinyl. He's one of those kind of guys. He is definitely one of those kind of guys. And yeah. And then, you know, he's one of those guys. He'll have probably, it's not even in the movie, but I'm thinking he'd have some kind of really cool modern coffee table with an architectural, a couple of architectural books on modern architecture in Los Angeles. He's one of those types of guys. And Margo seems like a normal person. So you get to see, well, Margo feels maybe a little bit out of place in Hollywood Hills, but Adam wants to show, show how cool he is. Well, Let's get to the dinner party. At the dinner party, everything seems okay. You, you realize the dinner guests realize, understand how much of a pre- pretentious, you know, what Adam is. And then at, to Adam's surprise, there is a hot young couple and their names are, are what are their names? They're just, I'm just going to say they're just Tom a mysterious. And, Tom and Sasha. Tom and Sasha. Tom is played by Timothy Granaderos and Sasha is played by Perry Matfield. They're both very good. Actually, all four of these Actors are very, very good in this movie. Tom and Sasha, hot young couple. The problem is neither Adam and Margo know who Tom and Sasha are. Are they party crashers? Are they, are they the next door neighbors? Who invited them? Who invited Tom and Sasha? And the rest of the movie, Adam and Margo try to figure out who are these people? Are they really their, really their wonderful, sexy next door neighbors? Or are they something else? That is the premise of the movie. Let's go to Bruce Perky. Your thoughts. It's your fault that you brought this movie this week. <laughs> you to watch it on Shutter. So you're gonna tell. What is your thoughts on this movie? Did it live up to your expectations? Uh, I I didn't really have many expectations, but I saw it was coming out. So I usually, if I look and see that Shutter has a new release, I usually try to give it a try at least. Uh, and it was it was a an interesting enough concept, and I I mostly had fun with this movie. I I really 
quite enjoyed the four main characters and their interactions. I guess my thumbnail version of, of the, the pitch for this movie would be, mm-hmm. it's kind of like who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, where if one of the couples was like sociopaths, and then that kind of gives you the flavor of this. There's a fair amount of humor, um, uh, a lot of awkwardness. So if you are not a fan of like this kind of awkward interactions, then this is probably not for you. Uh, I think where this movie doesn't quite succeed totally is it doesn't really nail the landing. It doesn't really, it doesn't really go out with a bang in a way that it feels like it should. This is one of those movies where you're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop the whole movie, like the other shoe to drop, other shoe to drop. And when it drops, I feel like it should be a little more of a bang pow. Maybe part of that is because I think part of it is relying on a, I think it's supposed to be a twist. For me, it was super duper obvious, but if it's supposed to be a twist, maybe this would have um, a bigger, a bigger impact for you as a viewer. That being said, I mean, this is a pretty breezy, fast watch. And I think it clips along really at a good pace and it, and it keeps kind of upping the ante. So I really enjoyed all that stuff. So I would say for me, it's, it's definitely recommend, but it's not a, not as strong as I was hoping when I got into it. There is a subplot, a very interesting subplot and a, and a very obtruse subplot. <laughs> yeah. I said Adam, unnecessary side story. <laughs> Adam and Margot's friend. She's uh, She's her friend and she's, I, I guess she's babysitting their child for one evening. The, the kid is going to have a sleepover at this woman and her husband's domicile, uh, probably out in the suburbs. And it, the subplot is her wandering around the Hollywood Hills in a car trying to find Adam and Margot's house. And oh. it's, we- yes. Do you know what her name is? What, what's her name? Uh, Deus S. Machina. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> very, very good. You know, I, have had that it's this interesting subplot or obtruse, whatever that is, it triggered me because I've been in the Hollywood Hills, me being in LA many a time. I used to actually work for someone for the first year and a half and I, he lived in the Hollywood Hills. I would automatically be fearful once I got up to the hill, hills and would not know how to parallel park my car or go up the driveway. It just triggered me in, in a very comedic fashion. So this subplot, I thought actually towards the third act, it really worked for me. I really loved this part of the, the movie. But I'll get to what I think of the rest of the movie after Eric's review of who invited them. Your thoughts on this movie, Eric? Yeah, I like this one for the most part. Uh, yeah, the subplot was... Um, <laughs> I, I love it. And, and why? Like, <laughs> yeah, why? Unnecessary. But it was kind of very necessary, if you know what I mean. Yes. Like, yeah. that's the, eh, the problem with was it. Was it, though? Like, you no, can, it wasn't. It, you, you, can, you can get there without that. Um, yeah, you could. That, that, that subplot would be like the, uh, you read the draft of the script, and it's like, why is this here? Uh, because blah, blah, blah. They need to be, get that out of there. But uh, the rest of the movie was pretty, uh, kind of like uh, one of those... Uh, uh, what what would you call it? It's like uh the 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 couple that comes over, they're like there's clearly something wrong with them. They're clearly up to something, but but they uh, gaslight them just enough. Like oh wait, we were just doing this, and then you freaked out, and why is this? And then they played a game of slap face, which third movie this <laughs> year, the first one being slap face, the originator of the slap face genre, and then we had uh. They played slap face and bodies, bodies, bodies. Now they play slap face in this. So uh, Jeremy Kipps needs to uh, get his residuals on these other two movies, <laughs> I think. Um, 
but yeah, the, this was kind of like a kind of like one of those pressure cookers. Like uh, when, like when, when's this shit gonna get real bad? Because I know that's where we're going. It's just a matter of when. Um, the I I I did like the uh, the twist, I guess, if you want to call it that, uh, reveal whatever. Um, but then there's there's something else at the end that kind of went over my head. And Bruce, I'll probably have to ask you about that after we're done recording um, with the uh, with the record player. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that I, I, that I, yeah. shot right over my head. I I didn't quite get. I I remember there was a scene earlier on, mm-hmm. and then they they right. come back and their quote pay it off. But I I don't know I, that that one right over my. But th- this was a decent decent enough kind of thriller. Like uh oh fuck, what's a good example? Um, that I'm thinking like uh consenting adults, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's like right. uh. Oh yeah, these are friends, and then they're they're hanging out. They're a little weird, whatever. And then it just, as the night goes on, it just progressively gets more and more weird. To where it's like, I don't think we need these people in our house right now. So, yeah, good. Point. Yeah, that, it, it had its. Uh, I mean, this isn't a movie that's gonna light the world on fire, but it's it's got its place, and I think it's a decent version of this kind of movie. Yeah, I loved it more than both you guys. Really. You know, set in the Hollywood Hills, loved that subplot, <laughs> loved all of the performances, the the bad guys, the quote-unquote bad, sexy couple. You don't know who they are and whatnot. They're fantastic in this movie. Also, yeah. the couple, the couple who are arguing, they they get on my nerves. <laughs> they, and they, that's the job. of that, that was their job to get to get on my nerves, especially the Ryan Hansen character. He's, he's really, you know, likably douchey because when you're watching yeah. it you're so annoyed but you get entertained by his just sort of his witticism i thought i thought everyone was really good strong performances indie project so a thriller and i believe it hits it hits to all the right notes for me and the ending some people it might people might say oh like bruce you were saying maybe you want more of a bang of an ending i really enjoyed the actually actual the actual climax of this movie i i really enjoyed who invited them i was pleasantly surprised so for me i highly recommend this movie actually and i'm giving this four out of five stars four stars for me eric combs your rating on who invited them um i'm probably at three stars on this um it was a it was a good version of this movie and i think anyone that uh that kind of goes for this sort of thing will like it. Anyone that doesn't go for this sort of thing, uh, this is not going to be the one that pulls them into the genre, I guess. Cool. Bruce, your rating on who invited them? I think I'll go three and a half. I think I, I mostly enjoyed it pretty much all the way through. There's just a couple little, kind of like what Eric said, probably uh, just a couple more passes and you could really tighten this thing up. Yeah. But um, three and a half, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Okay. So solid recommend from Bruce, high recommend for me with four stars. And Eric, three stars, slight recommend for you for. Oh, that, 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 it's a solid, solid recommend. Okay, so that is Eric. Eric ha- comes in at three. Uh, it's not a three star banger, but it's a three, three stars yeah, for Eric. Just regular three stars. <laughs> regular three stars for Eric for who invited them, Bruce three and a half, and me four stars. Check it out on Shutter on September 1st. Next up is a film called Burial. It's in theaters and on demand September 2nd. And this is a very interesting movie. This is pretty much the closing days of World War II. Bunch of, I guess, what is it, Bruce? Russian troops, uh, Russian soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are tasked with, one of them is a woman played by, I, I believe, what's her name? Charlotte, actress Charlotte, Charlotte Vega. She's the main character in this movie. She and a couple of others, they are tasked with transporting the body, the corpse of Hitler in a coffin 
to uh, to uh, Russia. They, they, they're, and they're supposed to show Stalin you know, what's going on uh, post-World War II and all that stuff. So that is the premise of Burial. But the problem is, during this road trip, every single time they stop and camp for the night along these these grounds, they have to bury the coffin every single night and then wake up and unbury it, put it on the truck, and then keep on going. But then what happens? There are, There's a German troop. Um, several German sh- soldiers who are on their trail to make sure that they actually get possession of Hitler's body. So, and also there's an, an interesting element of, well, are there werewolves involved somewhere out in the forest attacking these soldiers? Is it, or is it myth? Is there something else? That is the premise behind Burial. Okay, Eric Holmes, your thoughts on this movie? Um, this plot didn't make sense a lot of the time. Uh, they were going to, uh, yeah, they're going to transport Hitler's body, uh, but they don't know that it's Hitler's body, but someone kind of knows it's Hitler's body. And then <laughs> they run into werewolves that aren't actually werewolves. And then there's Is a that a spoiler? Of, Is that a spoiler? You, or you can actually I, say they're I don't know. <laughs> they're not. Bruce, should we cut that? They're not actually werewolves? We have to cut that, right? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, it's not a mystery very long. Yeah, that's true. Okay, we don't have to. That. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. That's part yeah, of the volley he's talking right. about. It's like, okay, okay. Doesn't yeah. The, if anything, I say as a spoiler, just cut it because a lot of this, uh, a lot of this movie did not make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the like they had the the the, for example, they had a scene where someone gets shot, and then someone has time to go, "Oh no, are you okay? Oh, the body's dead." <laughs> and like that, the timing doesn't match up with in. And then, oh, geez. Yeah, this, this, mm, this was kind of a by the numbers and the numbers didn't add up. Uh, cause a lot of the scenes in this just didn't make sense and were kind of silly and stupid. And, uh, I mean, there were, there were some, there were some, a couple of parts here and there that were cool. Um, and then when, when they finally, you know, they did all the reveal stuff at the very end. Uh, dude, the shootout at the end was really weak. Um, and all the, all the reveal stuff at the end. Um, yeah, no. (laughs) Did it work for you? (laughs) Okay. So Bruce, I I, I don't want to, I don't want to air quote, give anything away, but like every, every twist and turn in this was just kind of like, you know, when you don't, you see a movie and you don't see it coming. But that's because it doesn't make sense, or like uh, you see it come in, or like the the twist happens. You're like, oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of most of this movie. We have to mention this is also written and directed by Ben Parker. Charlotte, the aforementioned Charlotte Vega, is the main character. She is a female intelligence officer who is the leader of this troop. Who is they're, they're supposed to bring back Hitler to Russia. Tom Felton from Harry Potter fame of Harry Potter fame is also he plays a he plays a, he plays a citizen who helps along the way and I I don't want to give too much away regarding his character but he's he's sort of helping them he's he's one of the good guys and Harriet Walker Walter Harriet Walter who you might know from for her role as the matriarch in Succession she is she stars at the beginning of the movie the entire movie is pretty much almost a flashback which I know is not a big big thing that Eric loves but you know, she, Harriet Walter, she plays the elder, elderly woman who who encounters some kind of racist or some or some racist thief or skinhead, who knows what. And 
she captures him and then she tells him the story that happened years earlier. So that that is it. And Bruce, burial, not a big Eric was not a big fan. How about you? I'm a, a little bit bigger fan, but not much of a bigger fan. I liked a little more than he did. Uh, I have to say, first of all, that framing device, it's not a great framing device, but I was really interested in her story at the beginning. And I wish yeah. I actually would have stayed with her because I thought she was awesome. And I thought the older version of her was really interesting. And I could have just gone down a whole story just leading off from that opening thing and not had it be the past, but have the, the stuff that happened in the past affect the future once again not the movie we had so i'm reviewing something that doesn't exist but i mean it started out really interesting but then that became kind of superfluous in some way either way i was still kind of prom in a promising mode on it with it and overall i i kind of liked some of it i kind of let i for some reason i just wasn't very hard on this movie i was just kind of going with the flow the flow didn't make a lot of sense as eric says he is absolutely correct about that but i'm like okay we got Hitler in a box. We have to bury it. We got werewolves. Uh, we, <laughs> we've, we've got a bunch of Nazis and Russians and townspeople and people fighting and things catching on fire and bullets flashing. And I just kind of went with it and overall kind of enjoyed it, but it definitely didn't, it didn't make a, a major impact on me. Um, it's just like, once again, we just talked about with um, surrogate, like all of the elements here could make, a really cool and interesting period piece, but they're not really put together in a very super compelling way. Um, real quick, and we can cut this out if we need to. I don't think it's fair to sell this as a werewolf movie, a werewolf no, versus not. Nazi right. movie. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. I mean, the quote werewolves uh, were a real thing, though, which is the only thing yeah. this movie. I gave it credit just because it made me look it up. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but I, I will agree with Bruce, though. Uh, to say something nice about this movie is I, I love the bookends of this. The the beginning part and the end part, it's all that stuff in the middle where it's like, let me tell you my story. And then they go, the whole movie's like, no, telling. don't. Why don't you yeah. just have something like, happen now? We can shorten this up. It's cool. <laughs> let's get let's get back to the let's get back to the present day where the cool shit's going on. Speaking of cool ish. Remember that movie, The Cursed? The Cursed that yes. you and I, yeah, this movie reminded me of it. Not as awesome as The Cursed, but I still love this movie a lot, a lot, lot. And first of all, Charlotte Vega, I remember her from The Lodgers. So I was all, Charlotte Vega, yeah, I was already invested in her as a lead. Love to see her in a lead in this movie. And she does a pretty good job. That said, Bruce, you were talking about the, the elderly version of her played by Harriet Walter. She is such just an interesting actress that you just i wanted that, that movie too and like eric was saying the, the bookends are fantastic especially the the final moment with with harriet walter's character you get to see what's going on yeah there's all these werewolves or not there's hitler in a coffin there's bolsheviks <laughs> people yelling you bolshevik there's russians and nazis and there's a, there's a lot of shootouts in this movie and there's just a lot of weird things happen this could have been a sort of i don't know if Ben Parker went went for a B movie, like a like a cheesy, campy B movie, where it just really invests in the maybe in the gore or the action, might have been really interesting. But he decides to actually frame it as a straight up with all of these weird elements as a drama in many ways. The production di design it looks really pretty. I mean, actually, I'm watching it. There's some really beautiful shots. Some of these, some of the shooting is far away, so it's not really visceral. Some of the action is not visceral, but overall, this movie is a very brutal one. 
there's a sequence where one of the characters you're actually kind of, for me, I was kind of invested in. And I'm thinking, okay, so this character is going to, well, the, I wonder what this arc, oh, wait, that person just got shot. Done. So it, side of the road, what happened? So I really loved how a lot of the, the characters in this movie really, they just get it. And they like literally get it. They just, they die. This is a brutal, <laughs> brutal World War II film with some werewolf elements. Overall, I really loved Burial as a genre film. It's a prettified genre film. Even though I say it's brutal, it doesn't go the cheesy, campy route, which I don't know. I, I'm fine with the way Ben Parker framed this movie. And I really, and it's just a weird movie to, to talk about because, Bruce, you were talking about all these weird elements that are in this puzzle. And for some reason, they just fit for me. They just fit. So for me. I had a feeling it might. <laughs> I really, yeah, I enjoyed this movie. And look, it's 95 minutes. I, I would have been fine with a two-hour film. So yeah, writer director Ben Parker. It's a talent that I'm really. It's the genre's horror mystery thriller. I'm all on board with Burial. And are there any flaws? Maybe there might be a Charlotte Vega monologue towards the third act, which I said, okay, we didn't need this. Let's just stick to the action. But overall, I'm highly engaged. I was highly engaged with Burial. I'm giving this movie four and a half out of five stars. Eric, your rating on Burial. Um, for the bookings alone, probably two and a half. Um, I would say watch the first, you know, the, the first 10, 15 minutes or whatever, put in Dodge Soldiers, watch that, and then watch the last five or 10 minutes. And, uh, that's probably a better movie, I think. Okay. So Eric Holmes, you give it two and a half stars. Bruce, what do you give it? Um, well, first of all, I'm going to do my alternate version of what Eric just said and give you another version of that. Watch the beginning part. Like he said, watch Overlord. And then watch the last part. <laughs> but either way, I would give this three stars. I think it's a, a mild recommend. I thought it was pretty fun. Okay, cool. So that's three stars for Bruce, two and a half stars for Eric, and four and a half for me. In theaters and on demand September 2nd, right now as we speak, Rotten Tomatoes, 87% rating. Who knows, on Friday it might go down to 50% or it might go – who knows what will happen. 87% right now. So I'm hoping there will be people on board Burial, but Eric and Bruce will probably actually Bruce, you gave it a little bit of a mild recommended three, mm-hmm. so yeah. that's not. I so didn't bad. hate my time with it. I just wasn't like, eh. <laughs> you know. Okay, so that is it. Our last feature is our American Family, and I'm going to let you, Eric, spearhead this because you did the interviews. It's a documentary about a family in Philadelphia, but they're just they're not your average family. Eric, tell us about what our American Family this documentary is about. Uh, yeah, it's uh, about a, it's just basically following a family, um, that has addiction problems. Um, really everyone except for the stepdad kind of has, uh, uh, some issues either presently or in the past. And we're, uh, mostly following the, uh, the main woman and who's, uh, currently trying to get off of heroin, I believe. I don't think the uh, youngest, did the youngest brother have addiction problems? I, yeah, I think so. Oh, um, really? I, okay. I, I could be, I could be wrong, but thought... from what I remember, um, they, mm. they had at the very least tried it and they, but they never got in is, uh, I guess getting off of it was a little easier for them than it's been for her. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait, you said, that, oh, yeah. The, the youngest you know, son I, was talking about how he, how it was frustrating for him to actually, grow up in a family of addiction with his mother not being there for him. And then his older yeah, brother I, yeah, was addicted I, I to drugs as well. 
I think yeah. I'm confusing that with the other brother because he's yeah. the one that's that's been through it. And it's like, well, I got over it easy, and why can't you? So that that's kind of uh, some of the dynamic. Yeah. Youngest um, brother and stepfather, they're the ones who are not addicts. Yeah. But the rest yeah. Of and so um, – but this kind of uh, just follows him around for a bit and just uh, watches kind of the how the family unit works together, um, sometimes doesn't work together. And gets a bunch of different, like within the family itself, you get a bunch of different perspectives on addiction. Um, you know, with the, with the daughter, she's, you know, she's having a really hard time getting, getting off of it. Uh, the older brother, you know, he got on it and got off it pretty easy. And it's like, well, I can do it. Why can't you do it? Um, but I mean, the, the Donna, the truth is it, it works different for different people. You know, some people can party. And some people can't, uh, you know, um, and then some people never do it at all. Like the, the stepdad, like he didn't understand at all. He's like, I'm a mechanic. I'm used to fixing things. And I thought I could fix this and, but he can't fix it. Like as a mechanic, you can see what the problem is like, with uh, addiction. It's a little more esoteric, I guess. Um, uh, and if you never had an addiction or dealt with addiction, it's harder to know. It, it's harder to understand what the what the issue is, and I, I think this is a um, an interesting look, and also sometimes a fun look because the family they're all charming. You know, they have their they have their times when they're uh, fighting and really getting really going head to head with each other, and then there's other times when they're hanging out and they're really sweet to each other, and it's like, oh, I wanna, I'd like to get, have a barbecue with these guys or hang out with them, and so. Um, I thought this was a really uh, loving documentary about them. And especially after speaking with the uh, filmmakers, uh, that was kind of their intent was, uh, you know, because they're friends with them. Um, And you can listen to that uh, interview if you like. But I thought this was a really thoughtful version of this type of documentary. And it wasn't uh, it wasn't the complete bummer. You figure documentary about addiction. Oh, fuck, we're in for it. But this is actually kind of kind of fun to watch sometimes. Like, uh, what's that uh, Billie Eilish documentary? There was a little bit of that. Not that mm-hmm. the Billie Eilish documentary had substance abuse, but you get the you get to be in there with the family and live with them for a while. And they're charming enough people that I really enjoy doing that. And um, you know, it, it's one of those things you watch it and it's like I, I wish them well. I hope they get past this, and maybe they do, maybe they don't. They do, but. Uh, yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> you threw another spoiler. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to edit that, Eric. Okay, yeah. so our our American family, directed by Haley Adelman and Sean King O'Grady. Sean King O'Grady, you might know him because he's the director of this really interesting genre film. I don't remember if we like. I I remember liking it, Bruce and Eric. Do you remember liking We Need to Do Something? Remember that the, the fan. Oh, you haven't seen I, it? No, I did not like it at all. I, I, re- I, I, really, I really did not like that movie. I really enjoyed, Sorry to say. <laughs> I remember kind of digging that movie. It's a several, yeah, it's a family and they're, they're stuck in a bathroom. And that's yep. the premise of the movie. Yeah, I like that claustrophobic space. You did not like it at all. Haley Adelman is the co-director along with Sean King O'Grady and she's also a children's author. So for Our American Family, your thoughts, Bruce, on Our American Family? Um, well, I, I'm pretty similar to Eric on this. Uh, I think that its strengths are exactly what he brings up, which is this kind of this long-term access to this entire family. And I think that's something you do miss in a lot of these documentaries about, um, or 
examinations of addiction. Uh, you don't always get the whole family kind of dynamic. You may get like talking head stuff from family members, but you don't really get to see the interaction. And they're with them, I think, for like an, a year or so, if I remember from the interview yeah. and from the movie itself. They're there for quite a while. So you really get to kind of see how they work, when they're working correctly together, or I guess um, healthily together, and when they're not working in such a healthy way, and when they're just absolutely on the outs with each other. All that stuff was really, really good. Now, the only thing that kind of... I guess the only negative for me in this movie is I wanted just a little more context. Now I know we, we get told by family members and by the, and by Nicole herself, this is Nicole, right? Um, yeah, Nicole, the main, the, the main person that we're yeah. kind of following addiction attempts to kind of get out of this. And we kind of hear what that was like in the past, but what I really needed to see is I needed to see like a year before and this year, because what's really hard for me as a, as a viewer. So I'm understanding all the things about, you know, loving and, and trying to be supportive, but also be tough and trying to like give them enough space, but also make sure they're being held accountable. All that stuff kind of makes sense to me, but it's really hard to see what is working or not working now when we don't get to see what did or didn't work before. Like I'm not seeing both sides of the coin. I'm seeing one side of the coin. It's like a person telling you their story and why it have happened, but they're like an unreliable narrator. So I don't know if what they're telling me is exactly the way it went down. So I feel to me like there's a little miss there. Like I think, I think it's really useful as showing how, how um, I guess universal and how real and how hard it is to deal with these problems and how it's not a simple thing that stuff is really valuable in here but if you're like looking at it as how to do it right versus how to do it wrong i don't think it necessarily shows you that mm. so yeah i look well I, I, actually I, th I think they did show how to do it wrong because the the, the I, I think part of the the whole point of the family the you know the uh that i have my support system is that you know if i have a if I have cancer, I don't need my support system to help me defeat right. my cancer. I need a doctor to help me defeat my cancer. Like, and that, and that's kind of, that's kind of, uh, I think where this, where this does well, because you get to watch the family kind of fumble a bit trying to, um, not, not, not so much keep her cl clean, but like, uh, the, the stuff that they come in, the arguments that they get in, it's like, dude, none of you know what you're talking about. Like, I, I know Ooh. they understand addiction because they've, they've lived it, but they don't, they, they're not experts in, um, recovery. At, at least not yet. I don't know. The thing I don't know, this is what I'm getting at. I, the thing I don't know is, did they always do that? Has it, has it changed? Are they, are they doing something oh, different okay. this time? Oh, okay. So I never got to see the first half. She's done this, like what she's been in rehab, like what, yeah. 17 times or something. So yeah. obviously it's failed a ton of times. So what was the dynamic? How is she different or isn't she different? How are they different or aren't they different? Okay. Like I want to see, I want to see that process as a viewer as well. And I feel like we're only seeing the one side of it. We're kind of having to infer what that process is, but it's, I mean, and obviously it's individual for every person, Yeah. but I really wanted to see that. So that was like, to me, that was a one negative that I didn't get to see that. Right. That's fair. That's fair. You mentioned the word infer and that level by inferring things re regarding the reaction of the stepfather who just doesn't want to talk about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> he just wants to end it or the younger brother. He's noticeably silent through a lot of these dinner conversations. The older brother who is just 
so angry, angry, so angry, and yeah. mean, and just aggressive. That comes out of the pain from Nicole's seventeen times, probably, and she almost died that one time. Remember on the on the overdose. So it's. I think it's one of the. And then the mother, who is an enabler, Linda. She she actually blows up at Nicole a bunch of times, and you could see that. I think. That is very fair, and I, I know a lot of people would want some of that stuff, but I think, like you said, a lot of the stuff in a, in our American family is inferred, and when you mentioned the word our American family, a big part of this documentary is about how these family members interact with each other, and I think what worked for me and what put it over the top is I actually like listening to the mother Linda and Nicole try to work things out. I like hearing – I like the way they explain their stories. If they were not as interesting, I wouldn't have liked our American family as much. But I enjoyed, like Eric said, the, they're charismatic. You want to have dinner with them. I actually like these people. And I think Haley Adelman, I guess, I think from your interview, Eric, she actually knew the mother before. And then she, that's how she started mm-hmm. this documentary. That was a good find because <laughs> that was a very lucky, good and lucky find because they are a very interesting family to watch. And yeah, for me... This is a, a strong recommend. I'm giving this one four out of five stars. Our American Family. If you love these type of documentaries, don't think of it think of it as just an addiction documentary. Think of it as getting to know this family and seeing them work through their various trials and tribulations. I thought this was very interesting. Eric, what's your rating on Our American Family? Uh, I I think I'm the same. And I I would also I guess kind of uh, to Bruce's uh, to Bruce's point. I think this would work really good is, um, because there's, there's plenty of, uh, documentaries and movies about addiction and the stuff that, that didn't happen in this one. Um, they happen in other, uh, plenty of other, um, you know, documentaries and movies about addiction. This is, uh, this is, uh, would be a good, um, companion to those because this one's more about the, this one's more about the family and more about the, the, love and the you know the you know trying to more hopeful than these type of movies get and so uh i I think it's uh it would be a good companion for those because this is a little different than the uh thousands of other documentaries of the same type that you might see okay so four stars for me four stars for eric bruce you're Uh, rating on our american family I'm still only a half star behind. I'm three and a half stars, so I'm I'm still pretty much right there with you guys. This I would also say would be a great nom- nomination for ten years down the road. Yeah, even if they're all doing great, yes. I want to yes. I want to see another documentary because I would love to see. So then that way, this would be the movie that I wanted first, and that second one would be <laughs> the next one. In other words, if they get ten down now, ten years down the road, and everyone's doing awesome. They're going to have so much perspective and so much to give to us that I think that would be extremely valuable. I yeah, I I co-sign that, and I totally watch it. I yeah. am I am wondering, Eric, if you actually did see We Need to Do Something and you forgot about it. So that's something that maybe <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because we actually didn't we review it together on Find Your Film. We didn't. No, we didn't. We, no, we didn't. No. How did we do that? Did we do it on Movie Mainline? Because I, I think you John- saw it, you saw it and did a quick little mini review in the in the episode, but we never saw it. Oh my goodness! Okay, very good, Bruce. Very, yeah, I've interviewed Sean King O'Grady before for we need to do something, and I really <laughs> enjoyed the movie. I guess Bruce didn't, and no. Eric maybe one of these days. You know, you, you I'll, interviewed I'll, him. I'll, I'll check it out soon. I'm, I'm okay. a fan of both of them, so okay, I, I'll, I'll certainly give it a shot. 
Okay, give that a shot. But listeners, viewers, before you give anything a shot, before you give We Need to Do Something a shot, or maybe you look up Haley Adelman's children's book stuff on her Instagram or wherever you can find that, uh, check out Our American Family in New York and L.A. on Friday, September 2nd in New York. It's going to be at Village Cinema in L.A. It's going to be at the Lamley Santa Monica. But most importantly, on September 6th, Our American Family, a documentary that both me and Eric gave four stars and Bruce gave three and a half stars. It will be available again on VOD video on demand september 6th that wraps up our featured reviews for this week what's up listeners force five is a show about movie related top five lists hosted by me blacklist screenwriter and ex-video store cinephile jason kleberg i have a new guest on each week and the guest gets to pick the topic past guests have included film directors screenwriters actors critics comedians rappers artists and other podcasters love or hate our picks you're guaranteed to walk away thinking what would be on my list Search Force 5 wherever you get your pods or head to force5podcast.com. Bruce, for some weird reason, I'm looking on this recommend and it says Yokai Monsters Trilogy and I have no idea (laughs) what this is. I I think he's just trying to make up names just like I'm trying to make up plot points for Burial. Bruce, what is Yokai Monsters Trilogy? You even put it on a Find Your Frame for a Cinematics Facebook group. Oh, that is a horrific picture of someone with a hat and looks like a beak. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's probably a Yokai Monster. Okay, Bruce, what is this? Tell us about this. Well, this is this trilogy of really weird monster movies. And actually, I think they've made a few more movies since then. But this is the considered like the core trilogy. Um, two of the movies were made in 68. One was made in 69. I think it- <laughs> I don't, yeah, uh, I don't think one, I think, I don't think I have the right director for the one, but um, my favorite of the three is Spook Warfare. The names of the mo- movies are A Hundred Monsters, that's the first one, Spook Warfare, and then Along With Ghosts. And these are just a really odd type of horror movie that occurred in the late 60s in Japan. And this is the same filmmakers that were somewhat responsible for the Dumaijin trilogy as well which i don't remember that was this giant kind of statue that would come to life and take revenge on the evil people well this movie is all about these these monsters or spirits that live in the forest and all around and they if there's a bad thing that happens and you're cursed they're going to come out and be part of it uh and these are really the tone on these are really weird and goofy and fun and there's just all these actually you know practical weird monsters so for example my favorite is the like i said is the the middle one yokai uh, is a spook warfare it starts out giant statue these guys are robbing robbing a crypt underneath this giant statue uh they unleash like this demon vampire thing that ends up going to japan uh bites a lord you know like a vampire would and then the lord basically becomes this demon thing and then very quickly a a frog spirit like a, a humanoid frog spirit comes out of their pond next Bruce, to are you house. just talking right now <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing and from there it gets weirder and weirder so here's just a few of the monsters in this so it's like labyrinth meets the muppets meets the evil dead if it took place in 1960s japan sounds like you alienoid meets another alien but it's also all in feudal japan too this is all in like the time of the samurai and stuff too okay so here's a few of the monsters you'll see in in uh spook warfare you see our little frog guy um you have a woman 
who looks like the the kind of the average, you know, that kind of standard spooky long black haired uh woman yeah. in Japan, but her head extends out and becomes like a really long neck and it will like go out and like wrap around people and stuff. Uh like a snake. Uh, she's one of them. You have another one that looks like a little kid, but he has like a rock for a head. Um, and there's about, oh, oh, umbrella. I didn't talk about the umbrella creature. There's a creature that's basically an umbrella with really big eyes and a really long tongue. And it doesn't talk. It just licks people. Okay. Look, okay. Eric, Eric just said alienoid. This makes alienoid like the plot line of alienoid compares to this is like two people meet in a diner and they talk for 90 minutes. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Dude. So if you like, if you like just, weird sixties monster movies, uh, these, each of these movies also is like 70 minutes long. So that should be, that should be music to your ears. There you go. Um, these movies are so goofy and weird. The middle one, like I said, the spook warfare is the most monstery. But they all have some incredibly weird and fun moments. Oh, I didn't talk about the lady who has like a normal face in the front, but on the back, a really giant nosed. Oh, it's a giant nosed face in the back of her head, but the nose is an arm. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like it. This sounds like it's going to trigger my snake neck fetish. (laughs) It might. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that is weird. There is a three disc limited edition. Yokai Monsters Collection from Arrow Video, and it runs for 70 bucks. Can you believe that? So much I crazy, can. we couldn't fit it on one disc. <laughs> so Bruce, all of three of these are on Shudder. I, I just saw them pop up, and I, I said, what the fuck are these? And then I look back, and of course, Joseph Bridges <laughs> had talked about uh, the 100 Monsters version. Uh, so, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, For me, it's good. I mean, that's okay. <laughs> I like them. Okay, look, it's entertaining, right? Is it entertaining? It, it, it entertains you. Spook Warfare is straight three star banger. The other two are a little slower in parts, but the parts that aren't slow are three star bangers. They might be slightly lower, but the Spook Warfare is definitely you could, and you two don't and need to see bangers. one to understand the other ones. You can watch, you can pop into any of these, and you, just weird monsters and stuff, stuff happens. <laughs> so basically, so for two hundred ten minutes, you were entertained. Yeah. Okay. The Okai Monsters trilogy. I'm just wondering. I'm not questioning because, to your point, Bruce, the, this is a cult film. This is a popular film. Mm-hmm. If it's seventy dollars for a collection, that means there are people who are buying this, right? Supply and demand, right? So. Yokai Monsters Trilogy, if you don't have 70 bucks, which I don't, okay? Because our podcast has not reached a million downloads yet. Once it does, we're going to start getting that money, that sweet cash. But save your money. Go to Shudder and check out Yokai Monsters Trilogy. Start off first. I guess what Bruce is suggesting is, or inferring, is start off with maybe Spook spook Warfare first, okay? Yeah. And what are the other... What what are the other names of the the two ones? Hot dog and a stick, or snow cloud? Snow clouds monsters. And a, so the okay. first one, the first one in the trilogy is a hundred monsters, but they don't really like connect to each other other than there's monsters in them. So hundred monsters was the first one officially. Spook warfare was the second one, and along with ghosts was the third one. Okay, so that is a three star banger rating from Bruce Perky. That is not a pejorative. That is a very positive review for Yokai Monsters trilogy. I'm assuming these are all three star bangers for you, Bruce. I think that um, I, you know I'm a little torn. The other two are a little slower, but there's enough good stuff in all of them, and they're so goofy that I would say for me, yeah, uh, okay. this is I could put these on at any time and have fun with these things. They're just okay. so so fun. You know, you know what else is so fun, Eric Holmes and Bruce. You know what else is so fun? Yeah. 
You don't know? Or yeah, you do know? No, what? I do know. I know a lot of things that are fun. Well, uh, doing a podcast with you two is quite okay. fun. Uh, going on the Cinematics Facebook page and talking to everyone in there else on there is fun. That's um, very nice. That's that's lot, very nice. There's lots of fun things to do. Yeah. You know what's not fun is um, cutting out your your spoilers for those two month those two uh, reviews that we're doing this. So you know what? I'm going to be lazy this week. So the director of Burial, I forgot who your name is, and Haley Adelman and Sean King O'Grady, I will leave you the email to Eric Holmes because I am not editing it. I think it's really cool that he said werewolf and also the ending of our American fan. What? Uh-oh. Uh, actually, uh, Haley Adelman spoiled the thing in our uh, our interview. Um, oh, oh, but really? also that, was... that's not that's not that that's not the point of the that's not the point of the exactly. documentary anyway. That's true. The, the, the point of point. the documentary is kind of uh, more just being with the family and seeing how they uh, cope with it, as opposed yeah. to does she oh, get man. on? Does she get off? Because that's the thing about addiction; it yeah, never like, ends. It, it's never on, ends. it's an ongoing process. That's fair. You're not going to be like, and, oh man, and, I know how it ends. I can't watch it now. I'm so yeah, spoiled. and and as far as Barrel goes, uh, you kind of if it's being sold as a werewolf movie. That's that's not fair. That's true. <laughs> if you're fair going enough. in to see a werewolf movie, you're going to be disappointed. The, the plot synopsis, in fairness, they said it, it, werewolf partisans. They and yeah. they put werewolf in quotes. So it. So in fairness, these are not spoilers from Eric Holmes. They, these are warnings. Or, these are not. Um, well, not not warning for. Warn, definitely warning for a burial. <laughs> stop digging holes here let's go on to the next we're not going to dig holes no more digging holes Eric Holmes we're not going to dig holes but we will offer a warning listeners if you don't like skin beaters please do not listen to this (laughs) do not listen to this following segment because right now on the drums who's on the drums Bruce (laughs) who's ready to skin beat his way to heaven pete 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 Pete? Abete? P-E-T-E, is that how you say it? Pete? Pete Abete from MCFU MCFU Universe, Middle Class Film Class Universe, Podcast Universe. Pete, drop that beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? All right, guys, we are back with, I think... A movie that is very personal for me. For me, I really love it. And look, this is a what's in the box movie that actually uh, Bruce picked last week. Who picked the Big Lebowski for us, Bruce? Did you remember? It was the filmmaker that you had talked to, and I didn't write it oh, down don't worry. in my notes here. Okay, just um, one of the filmmakers East just... from the East. Oh yes, from the filmmaker from the East. By the way, that movie, The East. That's a, do you guys remember that movie? I really love that movie. Yeah, that it's really good. Very intense. Eric, do you remember the East? No, Kinda. I remember the name, but you'll have to uh, give me a quick uh, French, rundown. Indo- French, Indochine, Indochine, post-World War II, before Vietnam. Yeah, oh, is that the one where they had mm-hmm. the uh, they had them all lined up, uh, like, mm-hmm. in, like in mm-hmm. uh, rows and whatnot, yes. and they're like, who did blah, blah, blah? Yes. Would you and recommend they, that they movie? They started shooting them, shooting them one at a time. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah that, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one, by the I, way. I don't like the title because obviously, like that's that, see, that's the thing with titles. When you get generic titles like that, it's hard to it. It doesn't it doesn't connect a lot of times. Yeah, the East is worth it. I don't know where I'll I'll put a link on just watch where to watch the East. Heartbreaker of an ending, by the way. I think within the last several years, that's probably one of my favorite endings of all the movies that we've covered. The East. It's a movie that's highly underrated. 
Yes, Bruce. Eric, would you rec recommend that people check out the East? Yes. 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 Okay. okay. Now, Bruce, that is the pick of the East director, the Big Lebowski. Bruce, you didn't have time. You were, you were watching. Um, I think you were spending your in watching yokai all my yokai monsters. Okay. <laughs> okay. So picking up the slack and not in not being a being a yokai monster was Eric Holmes. You did a little bit of a rewatch on the Big Lebowski. Uh, first off, before we get to your rewatch, Bruce. Where does the Big Lebowski stand for you as far as the the filmography of Coen Brothers? Is it right up there? Is it a top three film for you? I don't know because I have so many of theirs that I really, really like. It's definitely in my top five or six of their films. It's one I probably watched. I'm trying to think if I watched it more than Fargo. Between it and Fargo, I probably watched those two the most or maybe Raising Arizona. But um, it's one of the most watched ones for sure. And I didn't where you watch it, but I did bring some trivia just for fun if people haven't heard it. So we can talk about. I think we all love it, right? We all love this movie. Yeah, we all no, love I never this heard movie. of it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, Eric was the one who did the did the uh, did the walking this week with the rewatch on the Big Lebowski, and just very quick. Um, we're not even going to talk about the plot. Basically, it's a a I mean, sort the of plot, the I plot mean, doesn't matter in this. It's the, uh, someone pees on his hey, they peed on my rug, man, and then uh, he tries to go get his rug from. Uh, no, you're Lebowski. I'm the dude. So, you know, that's what you call me. And then a uh, bunch of craziness and weirdness happens. You get to watch Walter go for a toenail yeah, by three o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. Um, you get I to get hear Donnie shut the fuck up. Well, actually, I know who doesn't love this movie. My brother Steve hates this movie. But he you saw get to see one. the Jesus. You get to see the Jesus as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, and yeah, also, because um, uh, we did uh, we did the Coen Brothers with Kyle McFadden not too long ago, the Finder mm. Film game. Yeah. And, um, of course, we get through this movie. And like many um, like many Coen Brothers movies, I think uh, there, there are some people that don't like uh, the Big Lebowski. And I get it. Um, but anytime I hear that someone doesn't like Big Lebowski, my first thought is, oh, you haven't seen it enough times. That's just the first thing, uh, which is, you know, probably not fair, but I, I think this movie like just keeps paying off and paying off the more and more you watch it because this is just a fucking stone cold classic. And, uh, yeah. What, what can you say about Lebowski? I'll tell you one thing you can say about it is if you have not seen the big Lebowski and if you're a fan of film noir and comedy, this is a perfect blend of comedy and film noir because there's a lot of Raymond Chandler as touches within this sort of a and it's what what's interesting is i guess what happened back in the 70s what is the the long goodbye that was mm -hmm. a sort of a version of raymond chandler this was the coen brothers's version of a raymond chandler novel but instead of elliot gould as a uh, some kind of pi you have the dude as a de facto pi trying to figure out like eric was saying what happened to my rug who knows there might be some there's also some interesting what sort of busby berkeley-esque dance sequences so uh, pretty much it's the coen brothers run, going letting their imagination run riot throughout this entire movie plus with some some of their best dialogue in i think oh, I, yeah. this for me is a top three as far as dialogue goes my personal favorite is the man who wasn't there just because i, I the aforementioned film noir and i'm a bit of an existentialist at, at certain times i love that movie so much but the big lebowski is, is if you have not seen this movie this is the, especially if you're a fan of Jeff Bridges, and it also plays up to the trope of who Jeff Bridges is. You, even though he's such a well-rounded actor, a lot of us think of Jeff Bridges as before even the Big Lebowski showed up. 
that was created. We always thought that maybe Jeff Bridges is that sort of lovable, affable guy who's a little bit spacey, kind of like the guy from Starman. Or maybe he seemed, oh, he lives, he spent his life in Santa Barbara with his wonderful wife. So maybe he has a little bit of a laid back California attitude. So you take some of that persona and you mix it into this guy called the dude. It's just a perfect role. Bruce, your trivia for The Big Lebowski. Yeah, I got a few good ones here. A lot of it you might have heard, but a lot of people may not have heard some of these. There's some good ones. So apparently before, every time before they would shoot a scene, uh, Jeff Bridges would go like, okay, did the dudes burn one before he came here or did he not burn one? And if the Coen said, oh, yeah, he burned one before this scene, then he would just rub his eyes really hard before the scene and then he'd be ready to go because he's like, okay, he's super stoned in this one. Um, the dude <laughs> says, man... 147 times he says fuck over 200 times and he's they say what shut the fuck up donnie five times um wow of course it's very famous for the tv dub is notorious for this no. movie <laughs> uh where they instead of just just bleeping out stuff they would creatively dub everything the most famous version of that is like um is this how you fuck a stranger in the ass it's like this is what happens when you find a stranger in the alps that's what they put in there. So a lot of fun. Um, the dude post dates at the very beginning. He's writing a check. And if you notice, he writes a check for 9-11-1991. But if you watch what's going on in the news, the actual date of that first scene when he writes that check is August 5th. So he's post dating a check that far ahead because he's that poor. And the check is for how much? Eric should know the answer to this. I don't. I don't. I forgot. 69 cents. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more thing. So uh, everyone knows, but uh, Walter's based on uh, filmmaker John Milius. You know, From famously. Conan? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the last little trivia I had, there's a bunch more, but the last little trivia I had was Donnie is rolling strikes in the entire movie until the last thing he rolls, which is a spare. Yeah. Right oh, before man. spoiler alert happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow yeah very very interesting yeah so that is the big lebowski that's what's in the box i guess for me i would i would give this a this is a, a five-star film for me i for me just do we even have to rate this it's I a don't classic know. No. It's, yeah it's straight we, classic we don't straight 69 classic. stars <laughs> 6.9 stars no 69 stars <laughs> 69 stars for the big lebowski i, I do have a if you want to uh, play the yellow eric drop that name thing i have a uh, fun story about uh involving lebowski and the shirt i'm wearing oh yeah let's um, let's hear the, it the merch yeah it disappeared but Mar- the Walter uh, market shirt. zero yes um so they they had a uh comic con here in colorado springs and i saw that zach galligan and judge reinhold were there oh, and being cool. the gremlins fan that i am i'm like well i gotta fucking go there and meet them uh, I talked to Zach Galligan a bit, got real nervous, and I think he thought that I wanted to wear his skin, and he wasn't wrong. And then uh, <laughs> yeah, I got his uh, autograph and stuff, and I go to talk to Judge Reinhold, and uh, I'm you know I'm wearing this this Lebowski shirt, and he looks at it, and then he's just like, "Oh my god, I love that fucking shirt!" So uh, me and uh, me and uh, Judge Reinhold got to. Uh, Got to bond over Big Lebowski for a couple minutes, and that was quite fun. Until oh, we started talking about Roadhouse sixty six, which uh, watch that one too because it's pretty good. But so if you ever meet Judge Reinhold, ask him about Big Lebowski, and he'll talk your ear off about it. That is very cool, but nice. I also, I believe, I 
I think I did the press junket for the Big Lebowski way back in the day, but I used to live in Culver City, which was near a lot of locations of the Big Lebowski, obviously the rug and where, uh, where the dude lived over in Venice. And I obviously love Pasadena where Lebowski is and all that stuff like that. Very, very interesting. I love, I love its look, how it looks at different parts of Los Angeles as well. It's a really cool, cool film. What else, what else can you say? But that is it for our, before we go, we have a, do we have a uh, thing in the box for next week? Also next week, remember Samuel mm-hmm. Fuller, the big red one. That's going to be our director spotlight. My choice, Samuel yes. Fuller. And I'm going to have some trivia. Excited dog. Yes. What's excited. in the box, Bruce? Yes. What's in the bleeping I'm box? I'm looking. I'm looking. Well, what's in the box? Speaking of excited dog, I don't know if well, you can hear him. Well, he's not barking out. Well, sure, he's doing nuts. The dog's fine. The dog's I'm going to see if I can find, and I, if I can find it, I will watch the 1970 mo- movie by Otakar Vavra called Witch Hammer. Witch Hammer? Who chose that? My, or did you just put it in yourself? That was one of the weird movies they mentioned on that uh, Woodlands Dark and Deep, that weird folk horror thing. And I thought that one it looked really weird. So if I can find it, I will. But I'll find out very early in the week. So if I can't find it, I might do a live repick from the box just for all of our listeners. <laughs> okay. Thank yeah, you guys exciting. for listen, listening to us on Find Your Film. Before we go, Eric, you have any thoughts? Any uh, Judge Reinhold? Any more anecdotes? Not not about Judge Reinhold. I wish I did though. That guy's that guy's pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, I, I got nothing. Check out our American Family. Um, maybe uh, maybe uh, I mean lots of lots of people know people with addiction. Lots of people have addiction. Maybe you're listening to this, and uh, I, I think it could help people. Maybe give some people some perspective, and it's good stuff. Um, burial surrogates. Maybe not. <laughs> burial, maybe not. Maybe you should bury burial, as Eric would say. Well, how about you, Bruce, before we go? Um, my final words, I have a feeling Eric's going to be able to finish it for me, but I'm just going to say... Um, That's what she said, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah? Oh, God, we're fucking 12 years old. I, I think we're done. <laughs> All right, we're done. We'll see you next week here on Find Your Film, Stupid Me.